Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, associate professor of finance at Mississippi College and president of New Perspectives. You know, it's ever too early to start talking about taxes, so today we'll try and help uh, you avoid some common filing mistakes uh, for 2017. We'll also have some financial news to share, and we're going to take your calls on personal finance issues. It's an open topic day, so if you have a question, please feel free to call in. The number is is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope that you both are doing well. Good morning. Good morning. Did you enjoy the holiday? Um, I did. It was very quiet, and um, uh, but but it was nice, and it's always nice to have an extra day, and um, but you know a somber day, but still a good one. My excitement was I bought a new vacuum cleaner. Ooh. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I figure when you, you know, you vacuuming and go over and over and over and it's not picking up any dust or dirt, it's it's time to, to get a new one. So Historically, when you get the vacuum cleaner, do you just take it, you know, use this in a box and just put it over on the and say, well, I'll deal with that in two or three days? Or do you have to open it up, put it together and try it? <laughs> well, in my case, the vacuuming is put off so late. Well, why, don't, why don't you just do one of those robotic vacuums? Actually, I had one of those years ago, and I, I could never figure out its algorithm for a vacuum. It never well, they're seemed better. To... We've got okay. one at my house that helps with all the dog hair that we have. You know, so once a week we can just, you know, actually more than once a week, <laughs> pop it down. And, and then, of course, the, do- the dog hides in the closet because he's <laughs> afraid of our little robot. That's how you get rid of a dog? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I thought about it. They're, they're a bit pricey. Uh, but like I said, my, my, my other experience with it, it would go through, and it just seemed like it would never finish its... Well, like I say, they have improved. Mm. Um, that's all improving. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the actual Jetsons at my house, you know, and I want one of those little flying cars. Um, it's going to happen. Uh, but uh, the interesting thing was there were there there were no boxes there, so I picked out a particular model, looked up, did my you know saw the good reviews and everything. It was a, it was well priced on sale, um, and so I called the other store to see if they had any in stock. And well, all we have left is the display model. Well, then I'm like, okay. So then I was moving on to a different uh, vacuum that wasn't quite as good. But then um, I heard you know appliances line one. And then about five minutes later, the guy comes with the giant ladder. He climbs up there and he pulls down three boxes of the vacuum and puts them in there. So I was, it was, and then I thought, you know, that's it. That's the sign that that is the vacuum for me. So got it home and boy, that suction is, it's just amazing. Sucks up all the, the fur and the, and the dust and things. So at least for a, a couple of days, uh, I'm, I'm good. And I know my cat uh, <clears throat> likes to chew up cardboard, so I'm sure within a matter of days, he'll between the... The scratching post and whatever he happens to be chewing on, it'll be time to vacuum again. But so that was. I'm still waiting for a, like a little switch. You just do a little wall switch, and your floor just vibrates, and all the junk just goes to the corner and gets sucked in. What do you think? I like that idea. You like that idea? Yes, that's a good somebody idea. needs to invent that. That would be exciting. That's great. Hey, it's an open topic day, so we're looking for any personal finance questions that you might have. In the meantime, uh, we've got some uh, f- common filing mistakes that you can think about and try to avoid when you start doing your taxes. Uh, as it is tax time, it's that time of year. Uh, I think most folks will have their W twos uh, sent to them by the end of this month, and uh, I guess if you no, it's going to be the middle of February. Oh, really? Yes, uh, that date was changed a few years ago, and it was done temporarily, and then it stuck. So. Uh, 
um, middle of February before you'll get um, a lot of those tax filings. What's okay. the earliest you can file now? Like, is it third? Maybe I'm third week I, of January. I, I have no clue. Yes. Okay. I just. I, just, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, just, I'm just, you we're know. always skidding into October. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it, it depends whether you're anticipating a return or having to pay as to how. How, yes, you know how yes. excited you are about uh, about your. Um, uh, and taxes. speaking of paying, this is the day that uh, we're sending in those fourth quarter estimates for those of you who pay estimates. If you are self employed, that's very common for you to do that because you don't have somebody taking it out for you. Uh, before we jump into things, any other financial news to share? Well, um, gold has hit an eight-week high. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a little worrisome because gold usually goes up. It is a uh, a worry or fear play when we are concerned. And so we're watching that because we have lots of uncertainty. We also pay close attention to the retail numbers um, from Christmas of 2016. When all the books were closed, we found that our numbers increased, our sales increased 3.3%. Okay, not great, Um, but the real issue is when we dig down to those numbers, we find that the bulk of that was still car sales and gasoline, and when we take that out, we see a pretty flat retail season, and we're starting to see repercussions from that as our old line retailers are starting to close stores, and this is all, you know, some of this is, you know, investors, excuse me, um, consumers pulling in a little bit. Um, which tells us what we can expect this next year. But the other thing is this long-term change in the way we are shopping. And so we're starting to see huge increases in online retail, and uh, we're not going back. And I guess we pretty much have seen the death of the big indoor mall. Well, malls are declining, that's for sure, and we don't know if those will come back. The big question I have is, what about mom-and-pop retailers? Mm -hmm. Is there a future for that? Can those small retailers survive? Certainly what they can offer that the bigger stores and even online can't offer is that service, and so we will pay for that service. Again, it's an open topic day, so if you have a question for us this morning, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Marlou is on the line from Jackson, wants to chime in on our vacuum discussion. Good morning, Marlou. Good morning, and Happy New Year to everyone. Thank happy you. Happy New Year to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I heard Kevin saying he had to buy a new vacuum cleaner. Yes. I... I need to do the very same thing, and I have no idea what to what to get. Would Would you tell me what you bought and how you like it? How you like your vacuum cleaner? All right, uh, I went with uh, Shark is the brand name. I think it's called the Navigator Deluxe, something about that. It was uh, less than one hundred and fifty dollars, and so far, uh, like I said, I think it, it, the old vacuum I had had lost a lot of suction, but this uh, had some good suction to it. It's got you know the typical. Um, yeah, d- detachable um, cleaning in- elements, you know, whatever you would, the wand and that sort of thing, um, and it was lightweight, uh, so I was I was very happy with it, and uh, the, went and did some research online. Apparently, some good reviews um, on on that, but uh, you know, th- the other interesting thing to me about vacuums was y- you can go up to like six and seven hundred dollars oh, with I some know. of those uh, vacuums. But uh, like I said, this was lightweight and, and and had some good suction. So so far so good. So that was the one I'm I'm happy with. Would you be able to tell me where you bought it? Or are you allowed to 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I got it at Lowe's, but I also know that it's, uh, it, it's you know, all the big box stores, I think, uh, the Target and, and Walmarts, I think you should should be able to find it. it I think it's a fairly common brand there. So, uh, Well, and that brings up, you know, going online now, what's, mm-hmm. that's one of the advantages of searching for some reviews. You have to be careful about some of those reviews that are generated automatically. Um, but I also love to look at consumer reports mm-hmm. when I'm looking to purchase um, an appliance or, or a car or some of those things, I can look at those reviews, and it helps me to make a decision. All right, Marlou, thanks for call the call. Yeah, I, I like the reviews, too, and I've learned to not – you to me, you got to get the aggregate and see, you know, what is the, the overriding majority because it's funny. You can read one that says, oh, this is the greatest thing that I've ever bought, and then the other one is like, I hate this thing. I, you know, the worst purchase. Right, right. So, well, it, that's where Consumer Reports comes in handy mm-hmm. for me. Um, and uh, the last time I had a purchase was a dishwasher, and I went online and looked at all the reviews and found, yeah, I could spend way more to get just a tiny bit better. But I found that a mid-priced covered everything that I needed, and it worked well. The dishwasher, they, I kind of call it, there's the the low end, the high end, and a lot of times it's all the bells and whistles. Were you caught yeah. up in the bells and whistles? No, I really wasn't. Okay. And so that's why when you go online and do some research, you can be more objective about those things and what you need and what you're looking for. I think sometimes, especially in the in the computer age, that the more bells and whistles you get, the more things that could possibly go wrong. So. I, I I try to tend to be you know simple. Although I I can sometimes be distracted by shiny things, so I have to be very careful when shopping. Well, when I went and got in my back and cleaner, I was just quit, and I said I'm I'm off to the big box store. I went in there and I looked at it, and I said I bought one. I said, look, here's my goal: let it last a year, and I'm gonna throw it in the garbage. <laughs> they so. are kind of disposable these <laughs> yes, days. They yeah. are. So. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we got a couple of calls on the line, so we'll get to those. Again, it's an open topic day, so we're looking for your personal finance questions at one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We've got Chris and Richard on the line. Hold through the break. We'll get to your calls as soon as we get back on Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Music Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. It's an open topic day. We're looking for your personal finance questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Got some callers on the line, so we begin with Chris in Mobile. Good morning, Chris. Go ahead, please. Yeah, good morning. How are you, sir? Good. Yes, sir. I just wanted to, uh, I really enjoy the, the, the program, wanting to uh, wish everybody that has vacuums that they do suck. <laughs> and that your personal tax returns don't. So. That's great. <laughs> we love it. 
Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. That's an ugly funny. That's, uh, I just wanted to throw this out at you. I do a uh, tax preparation in Mobile. Um, uh, January the 23rd is our deadline for electronic. I mean, it will be the open date for electronic filing. And, of course, you can – this is for the feds now. that You can mail in, of course, your tax return anytime after January the 1st, but they're not going to open it until January 23rd. Mm-hmm. So you can electronically file starting on January 23rd. They won't even accept them before then. Uh, 1099s and W-2s have to be mailed from the employers to the uh, to the individuals and to the uh, government entities. Uh, deadline is January 23rd. I mean, excuse me, January 31st. So if they wait till un- until the deadline, you probably won't get your W-2 or your 1099 until sometime like a week or so after that. Uh, anyone that has uh, earned income credit or a uh, child tax credit this year, the, the federal government has decided they are not going to start <laughs> giving any refunds until February the 15th. So those refunds probably won't hit your bank account if you do direct deposit sometime until around. They're, they're telling us around February the 27th is what they're saying. Hey, Chris, I um, we had had some issues with 1099s in the past, and I thought that's why they permanently moved that date to the middle of February, especially with uh, mutual funds, because they had to keep go, going back and correcting those. Um, have they not done that? All I know is that uh, the word in my office is we've got to have both of them out. And, and this is the issue with a lot of it because I don't know about Mississippi, but in Alabama, it's it, if, if you file like the employer electronically files the W-2s, right. then we're able to piggyback the 1099s on them. If we don't file W-2s, then we have to turn around and physically mail those 1099s in. Uh, separately, and that was causing an issue. But as far as my office is going, we we have a January thirty first deadline on ten ninety nine. Okay, thanks. I could be wrong about that. You may be right, but I. Hey, Chris, what about uh, other forms? Like, I usually get a, a, a DIV form from a mutual fund. Is that deadline around? That's a 1099. Okay, yeah, okay. that's a 1099. Yeah, that's a 1099. That's correct. All right. So if you have interest on uh, any kind of savings account, uh, investment account, dividends, capital gains, all of that will show up on 1099s. Correct. You, uh, also, if you take withdrawals from your IRA account, that's a 1096, correct. right, Chris? Correct. Okay. And then, of course, if you did any kind of uh, investment sellings to 99Bs and all that good stuff. And so uh, we should probably see those sometime around the middle of February. You know, right. should, should be able to say, I, I should be able to get it by then because I, I, our deadline in mailing them out, hard mailing through the snail mail is January 31st. And the, the thing that we have found with our clients, if you have investment portfolios, you do risk um, having some corrections that show up later if you try to file early. Uh, anybody that has a position yes. in a limited partnership, that's what's that deadline, March 15th? Yes, ma'am. March okay. 15th. And, um, oh, I'm passing the test here. Aren't I? <laughs> and, um, and so that means for those people, you usually need to wait a little bit longer, which is really putting the pressure on our CPAs. Boy, isn't it, though? That's it right. is. Uh, we get in the quarter, the monthlies and the quarterlies and the all the 1099W2s out by January 31st, it's been busy. I can tell you that. So you're All drinking right. your Red Bull, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, well, they say Red Bull gives you wings. I say if you drink too many of them, they give you an upset stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Chris. Hey, Chris, great call. Thanks for calling in this morning. This is Bunny Talks. We're looking for your personal finance questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. We're off to Hattiesburg next. Richard has called in today. Good morning, Richard. 
Good morning. I've got a question for Chris. Mm-hmm. I have a relative down in Pensacola that is in dire need of some credit counseling. Can you tell me how I can locate a a reputable credit counseling service for her? Yeah, what I would do is just um, go online, look up the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, the NFCC, and um, what you'll do, you, there's like there's probably an 800 number or 888 number you can call in, and what it will do, there's guidelines and there are procedures that, that members of the NFCC have to follow, and pretty much when they call in, it'll route, um, that you know your, your your family member around to the probably the nearest uh, uh, credit excuse me credit counseling organization and um uh, and then they can get assistance over the phone now if they're looking for face to face um and, and I'm I'm trying to think a little bit I could be wrong here my my mind's telling me back a number of years ago there was maybe a what a CCCS in the Pensacola area. So um, so you can check that out if maybe you're looking for a face-to-face. All right. Thanks very much. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Richard, for the call. Uh, let's go next to Jackson. Joseph has called in today. Good morning, Joseph. Hey, good morning. Uh, I have a question about a 1099. I have uh, almost always done my own taxes, and then I, but about six months ago I took on an extra job to kind of just do some extra stuff money-wise. And I literally was walking through Office Depot last night and saw a 1099 kit, and it occurred to me that I'm going to have to do a 1099 on myself for the extra work. How hard is that? Okay, let me stop you. You don't do a 1099 on yourself, Hmm. all right? Um, Other people, if you do work, contract work for somebody, and I think it's – I'll have to check – Oh, it's been a while since I've looked at this. I think if anybody pays you more than $650 and uh, you are not incorporated, um, then they are required to send you a 1099. And they are filing that also with the state and federal authorities so that they can match those up. And that means that you will then report that on your taxes. So you're not responsible for doing that. Whoever you did the work for, they are responsible. Right. I, right, and I appreciate you drawing that distinction. So, it, I mean, I, and I guess the question I'm asking is, is this just essentially an addendum to my regular tax? Is something to add on to that? It's not, yes, yes. I mean, okay. it's just like when you have a W-2 and, and it lists how much you made in the year and what was taken out for state and federal and Social Security. A 1099, nothing is taken out of it. So it's just it's an extra amount of income that you have to add in there. Right, right. right. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that, you know, I'll owe on it or, you know, however that goes. I was just making sure there wasn't an additional process or an additional hold, additional filing, you know, kind of just where to start on it. It's just, I'm, it's just kind of it's new to me. Yeah, well, wait till February, and you should be getting all of that um, uh, either by regular mail or by email. A lot of those forms are now coming to us by email or they're in some sort of portal that we can then download and get that information. And Nancy, since he's getting a 1099, I guess I'm gonna say he did he performed contract work. I mean, there maybe could be some tax deductions in there under that. Is that correct, or maybe maybe not? Possibly. So, um, if if you are set up as a business and so you're doing contract work, like you're a consultant for somebody, then you know you are able to take off your business expenses. So you just have to talk with somebody who's helping you with your taxes to see how much work you need to do to um, get that tax uh, bill within reason. Okay. 
Thank y'all so much. Y'all have done a great deal in helping point me in the right direction. All Good right. deal. Thanks, Joseph, for the call. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a personal finance question this morning, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. In the meantime, we can talk about some uh, common filing mistakes uh, to try to avoid in filing out your tax return. The first one is paying for tax preparation when you could get it for free. And I've noticed that, uh, to me, you know, it started out originally there were the, the tax uh, software packages that you could purchase at, uh, you know, an office supply store or whatever. But I've, it's amazing to me now that the more and more uh, ways you can get it for free. I know a couple of them that I've seen commercials for have started uh, doing that. So um, at this point, I would think almost anybody could get free. Well, there's an inc- they've increased the income limit for the people who will qualify for free tax returns. I don't remember what it is. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I, was it 49000 for? No, uh, I think it's in the upper 50s okay. or close to 60 now. So that covers a lot of folks. Um, and uh, that they would qualify to go through the IRS portal Vida. and get access. Uh, well, VITA is just the volunteer program, mm-hmm. so if you wanted to sit down with somebody face-to-face and go through that, you can. Actually, our producer, Sam, did find a note uh, that uh, the IRS stands ready to help starting Friday. The IRS free file program is available to taxpayers who qualify for no-cost help in preparing and filing their tax returns. To qualify, uh, you have to have an annual income below $64,000. Oh, yeah. See, that's that's mm-hmm. really, you know, that's going to get a lot of people. So that's a huge help there. Uh, but it also says if you're above $64,000, you can still qualify for free fillable forms, but you have to wait until after January 23rd. These forms will help you do the math, but you must know how to do your own taxes. And in addition, state tax forms are not available through the IRS. You know, and I'm going to say, as a consumer out there, if you can qualify for this, please take advantage of it because of, uh, you know, if, if, if you're out there and there, there are certain programs out there, but it's very costly to get your taxes done. And if it's two to three to five hundred dollars, uh, I think things are getting a little bit better out there, uh, regulation wise, but please don't, that's, that's money that basically all is going to say is you're taking and you're tearing up and throwing it in the garbage. Also, Chris, you mentioned uh, VITA, the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. That's sponsored by the IRS, and it offers a free tax preparation by trained volunteers. To be eligible, your income must be less than $54,000, or if you have a disability, are elderly, or have limited English-speaking ability. But if you were to uh, maybe uh, Google VITA, V-I-T-A, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, you could get some more uh, information on that. Back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Eddie's called in from Meridian. Good morning, Eddie. Hey there. I uh, got a question about uh, my 401k, and if I need to do something different with it, uh, I've, uh, uh, I'm just uh, I'm not working. Uh, I don't intend to go back to work, but I'm not retired yet. I'm 63, and I'm waiting a little while to uh, you know to let that uh, my re- uh, retirement. Uh, uh, well, you know, the, the longer you wait, you get more in your retirement. Uh, so uh, I've got the 401k, and I'm pulling some money out of that every month to live off of uh, uh, for the time being until I decide to actually retire. And I'm not contributing anything to the 401k since I'm not – it was an empl- it was a employer-sponsored uh, 401k. Do I need to uh, do, like, turn it over into an IRA or just well, – um, uh, And I'm just uh, – I like to keep it for savings, for a cushion – 
and uh, like for it to earn money. Right. Okay, Eddie, um, you are you are no longer employed, right? Correct, and I don't. And uh, and you're not going back. Not going back. Going to retire. And okay, uh, so I'm waiting about six months now and see how I do after six months and see where I go. Okay, well, Eddie, this is um, you, you need to consider first of all because you are no longer working, you have the option to roll that 401k to an IRA account. And the question is, the 401k that you currently have, do they have good investment options and low fees? And you're you think this is the perfect place for you to have your money? It's been uh, it's been very good when I've uh, I've had it for like seven years. What's the company? Oh, Fidelity Investment. Okay, Fidelity is very good. How easy is it for you to access your money? Pretty good. I I just do it online. They uh, uh, I can uh, pull out. Uh, 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 and, and of course, they take. I let them take the tax out of it, and uh, they direct deposit to my account. So okay, uh, so I've you done can that one time already, and it's been very good. Okay, you can keep that and still do that, but because it's at Fidelity, you can also talk to the Fidelity rep and say, "Hey, can I roll this to an IRA also at Fidelity?" Which means you get the same funds and even more funds. Mm-hmm. So that might be an option for you as well. So you just really need to look at the fees that you're paying under the 401k versus what you'd pay in an IRA. And the other issue that we always run into with folks is how easy is it for it to access your money? It's often easier with an IRA. You have more flexibility. So that's strictly up to you. But yeah. you have the option either way. Well, one thing about them, when I look on the website for Fidelity, they have like four, four different categories of uh, uh, the, the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's like four different categories. You can borrow up to this limit, which is, uh, uh, or, and then there's some kind of stipulations. There's only, only like two categories that lets me withdraw the money, which is fine with me, but I don't quite understand. There's like, uh, okay. So it sounds like, it sounds like you are under some constraints on withdrawal because it's still within the 401k. So that would be a reason for you just to, to go ahead and roll it to an IRA and you can do it on the phone with fidelity, basically moving it from one account to the other. They're going to ask you, have you seen all the disclosure forms? You say yes, and you move it on over and it becomes very easy and it may be easier and more flexible for you within the IRA account and if it's all the same fidelity funds what's the big deal yeah and it will still and the uh, the, the uh, uh, investments they've done has been very good it's it's uh, the interest or the uh, what do you call that uh, has been really good so that that should not change with move to the IRA that could be the, well the, the, I have, a, I have a, another company that helps manage it you i can say and uh uh it should it should still earn money well the big the big issue the big issue eddie is to make sure the investments the funds within each of those accounts are good and that's your job especially now that you are basically retired you need to learn about those mutual funds and uh, you can go to morningstar.com and look them up and make sure those are good choices for you All right, Eddie, we certainly appreciate that phone call. We need to take another break. When we get back, it's an open topic day on Money Talk, so we're looking for your personal finance questions. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Call us at 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. 
Inauguration Day is right around the corner, and Chapter 1 of a new administration is set to begin. As stories take shape, NPR will be here with coverage you can depend on to help you make sense of it all. Listen every day. Hey, it's Peter Sagal. Are you resolved to lose a few pounds this year? How about a few thousand pounds through the Public Radio Vehicle Donation Diet? Donate your old car, truck, or RV to support this station and drop a lot of unwanted weight from your garage in a matter of days. And you'll feel great because you're also supporting public radio in the biggest of ways. It's easy, fast, and you may even earn a tax write-off. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford. Credit Counselor and Educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. It's an open topic day, so we're looking for your personal finance questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We do have some open phone lines right now. In the meantime, we're also talking about some common filing mistakes to avoid when filing your taxes for 2017. We started out by mentioning that now there are a number of different ways to uh, get assistance or free uh, tax preparation. Um, you know, you can buy the, the software packages, but you can go online now, and a lot of uh, a lot of the ones, the companies that had the software packages uh, for sale now are offering uh, the free Free, uh, free filing as well. So, and also a reminder of VITA, the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. It's sponsored by the IRS. Uh, if you're eligible, you're eligible for help through VITA. If your income is less than fifty-four thousand dollars, you have a disability, are elderly, or have limited English-speaking abilities. Some of the other common mistakes. Uh, number two on the list is getting your social security number wrong. Uh, the IRS puts that one up at the top. And uh, it's uh, saying that uh, not only do you need to know your Social Security number, but uh, every dependent you claim on your form, uh, you've got to have a Social Security number for them. It used to be uh, that, I guess, you know, you didn't get one until you were, what, a, you know, maybe 10, 11, or 12 years old. Oh, I think now, now it's like by two. Yes, uh, that's exactly true. And make sure that, uh, you know, that you write the numbers in there correctly. Uh, I think we, we all are familiar with our Social Security number, but you want to make sure that you don't transpose or miss uh, any of the digits. Number three, a surprising one, spelling your name wrong. Um, it says, sure, you know what your name is, but maybe you're typing too quickly or you hit a wrong key or you're interrupted while following and uh, filing and you kind of forget where uh, you were at. But the IRS says that that is a common mistake. Or you forget to sign. That's also yes. on the list. That's yes. coming up. <laughs> Good uh, forward promotion there. But, yeah, uh, it says simple errors like that can lead to rejected returns. And then if you're getting a refund, they have to send it back. You have to correct it. And so that's a way to uh, delay it. Uh, number four on the list, making math errors. Obviously, less of a problem if you're using some sort of software to help uh, you prepare it because it does all the math for you. But, again, uh, it does the math that you put in there. So if you mistype in a number, if you transpose a number or something, uh, it's obviously going to... Um, to not give you the proper results. Well, and um, back to some of these forms, these W-2s, these 1099s, any tax forms that you get, they're going to be matched. Those forms that are filed by employers and other entities, they're going to be matched with what's showing up on your tax return. Now, there's always a lag, so it may take them two to three years to say, whoops, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. So go back and double-check those and make sure you have a match. But, uh, and I, you know, I guess the other thing, too, is you should obviously look back over your return 
completely and with a fine-tooth comb before you send it in because... <clears throat> but how do you do that now when it's all a computer program? <laughs> we used to have a piece of paper. Okay, I can look at this 1040. And now it's like page by page. Well, you question can, by question. Like, next or back. <laughs> uh, you could print it out, though, and, and review it. True. Would you bring it's up true. a point? I mean, it, it can really get confusing. I mean, and you, you know, and I, I, if you do your own taxes, I think you kind of... You really need to be comfortable with what you're doing. And this is you also really a good time to to really look at your deductions and ask the question, do I need to deduct more or should I deduct less? A lot of people like to get a refund back. You know, um, I don't like to give money to Uncle Sam unless I have to. But for some people, it's a form of forced savings. Um, but um, you just need to watch all of that. And in some cases, especially if you're talking about two earner households, you may find that you need to deduct more than you normally would because of the combination. You know, Nancy, I've mentioned this before, but you, you have a career in the writing for these websites. Because I got it all figured out, right? Because you always, you always I have my red bill this morning. <laughs> but you know, that thing about the math there, and it's funny to me, if why you should really be very careful when you're putting it in there, but also you need to review it. Because if you transpose numbers... I don't you don't do it intentionally. So you don't you know, that was my when I used to balance my checkbook. Up, if, if you have to make a correction, you can make a correction. You can do an amendment. But it's just such a hassle. So get it right the first time. And if you're getting a refund back and you've kind of it, it wasn't a big dollar figure. Sometimes the IRS, they'll they'll correct it. And, you know, if you're going to get a two hundred dollar refund, they might say, well, these numbers will maybe a little bit off. So now you get one hundred eighty eight dollars. Uh, Although my my brother has an interesting story. He apparently was due money back from the IRS because of something that was not done properly. And he he said he has been almost a year now going back and forth and filing papers and that kind of thing. And I think that he said the last time I was down there visiting him, I think he said that they had finally worked everything out and and, and, and supposedly the check was in the mail. But uh, which also brings up, you know, we've got a new administration coming in. There's talk of a new tax policy. So everybody should be paying attention to this, paying attention to what the new rates will be. If there are new rates, what deductions will be allowed versus those that will be just uh, kicked off the bus. And so you can then make decisions going forward forward about what you should be doing to keep your tax bill low. So we've all got to be watching. It's an open topic day on Money Talk, so if you have a financial, a personal finance question for us, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And as we've been saying, part of the reason why you want to check all this and make sure, double check your math and make sure your social security number is correct and everything is that, you know, these are fairly easy mistakes to correct. But again, I think because of the bureaucracy, it's going to take a lot of time, probably a little bit of back and forth. And so if you want to get a refund, if you're anticipating one as soon as possible, just to make sure that you're getting all of this done. <clears throat> number five on the list is forgetting to sign returns. It says two ta- two places where this mistake can trip you up. The first is by failing to sign your paper return before mailing it in. The second is failing to sign your check uh, if you're sending a payment. Either one can result in lengthy delays in processing your return. It says a way to avoid that is by filing and signing your return electronically and having tax payments directly withdrawn from your bank account. It saves on postage Don't as well. Don't put them on your credit card. Because of the interest? Well, there's an extra fee, and oh. then there's the tendency to not pay it off at the end of the month, and now you have additional interest, and it just keeps rolling on and on. And then I do know that uh, when you file electronically, they, I think you 
you have to type in the adjusted gross income from your last year's return. So obviously you're supposed to save returns for a number of years, but if you're doing uh, the, the electronic filing, it's even more important to, to be able to go back and find that exact figure uh, so that you know uh, that. And that again, that's how you sign something when you're doing it electronically. Um, number six on the list is using the wrong tax form. It says most uh, mistakes have the potential to affect how quickly the IRS processes your return and issues you a refund, but no, don't necessarily affect the bottom line. But using the wrong tax form uh, could mean lost dollars. So, again, uh, do some research. Make sure that you're using uh, the proper form. We'll go so- through some more of those in just a minute, but we have another caller on the line. So we are off to Mobile, as we say good morning to Peter. Hello, Peter. Yes, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have both a uh, traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, and I have named uh, beneficiaries uh, with fidelity. My question is, uh, if I pass, how is that money uh, distributed to my beneficiaries, and more specifically, how is it taxed? Okay, this is very easy. Um, What happens with any kind of an account that has a beneficiary, it does not go through your estate. It does not go through your will. It is totally outside of that. So all that has to happen is once someone has died, you present the death certificate to the institution that has the account, and then they'll go back and look at the beneficiaries to determine who gets what. Now, if it's a Roth IRA, it's really pretty easy because it is tax-free, so they can immediately take that money out, do whatever they want to with it. They don't have any tax consequences. If it is a traditional IRA, there are tax consequences because it's never been taxed. So if they take all of that money out at once, they're going to have to declare all of that money as income. What most people do is they will then move it over to what we call is a beneficiary IRA. It would still be your name at the top, but the beneficiary is also listed there. And then that way they can take that money out, not instead of all at once where there's a big tax bill, but they can spread it out over their lifetimes and really use it for their retirement. So you have a little bit more flexibility with a traditional IRA, but at some point you're going to have taxes to pay. Now, one other thing, if your spouse is the beneficiary of a traditional IRA, that's the best situation because it immediately becomes that person's IRA and they don't have to, you know, they just treat it just like their own. All right, Peter, we appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Some open uh, phone lines if you want to call in with a personal finance question. It's 1-877-MPB-RING, one 877 Six seven two seven four six four, and also you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We need to take one final break this hour. We'll be back. Looks like we've got a phone call coming through and also an email to share. So we'll be back to wrap up Money Talks after this final break of the hour. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed 
and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. It's been an open topic day, so we're looking for your personal finance questions. We talked a lot about taxes today. Um, the number to call if you have a personal finance question is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And talking about taxes, uh, we're efforting to get uh, a tax person to come on with us uh, maybe a couple times between now and April. So uh, we will keep that uh, keep you up to date as we hopefully find someone that can come in and, and get some specific uh, tax questions answered. Although Nancy, uh, as you said, you were you were holding your own with the with uh, the tax. Oh, guy that but I'm sweating over here. You know, there's going to be some tough ones, and I don't know the answers. Uh, here's an email. It says, I have a number of complexities for the 2016 tax year. I quit my job in December of 2015 and took most of the year off. I did work for a few weeks as a consultant in the last quarter. I sold a home subject to capital gains. I incurred significant costs related to starting a small business that won't open until 2017. I got married and moved to a new state, Mississippi. I've always done my own taxes, but feel the variables for this year are too complex for this. But with all the business expenses, I'm very budget conscious. I may need to go to a reputable CPA firm, but it seems like there may be a more affordable level of expertise that can help me. Any suggestions or ideas? Well, I, I think anybody who has a business probably needs some help from a CPA. And I think it's worth your while to pay that person to give you some advice. And uh, this person is is having all kinds of complications, as he mentioned. Um, and so I think you can call local CPAs and ask them uh, to give you some estimates of the price so you know that up front. But I think it's money worth, well spent at that point. I, I agree. Uh, as you as you uh, pointed out, with that new business opening uh, this year, uh, it's probably going to be that uh, he'll need those CPA services, so a good way to kind of get a relationship started with uh, someone you can trust and, and begin to build that working relationship. Back to the phone lines we go. We're going to talk to Robert in Jackson. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. <clears throat> Uh, I have a question about Mississippi state income tax. Okay. All of my income is from Social Security or tax-deferred IRA uh, or pensions. And my question is, is that subject to uh, Mississippi income tax? No, it's not. Uh, And that's the advantage we have here in Mississippi. Uh, We have that because we are trying to attract and keep retirees here in the state. And uh, they actually market that. Come move to Mississippi and uh, any withdrawals from retirement accounts will not be subject to Mississippi income tax. Now, of course, you still will have to have federal income tax due on that, depending on how all of that comes together. But there's a, you know, it can be a 3 to 5% break on that. Thank you. All right, Robert, thanks for your call. Uh, let's go next to Ridgeland. Frank's on the line. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Go ahead. I had a question about distribution of an annuity. My mother has an annuity that she's owned for several years, never accessed any money out of it. I understand that if she makes a withdrawal, that it's first in, first out taxing. 
that being said, since she's never had to use it, we're the beneficiary. I'm the beneficiary of this annuity. Uh, upon her death, when they transferred the annuity to me, it's, it seems like there was an IRS letter ruling that said you could do what was essentially a 1035 transfer to an annuity in your own name without having the taxes up front and only deferred for you. Are you familiar with that letter ruling? Well, here's the problem. When you're talking about annuities, um, every single annuity has its own separate contract. So whether or not you can move this and keep it within an annuity in your name depends on that initial contract. So what you're going to have to do is talk to the annuity company and start to ask those questions. What, and you'd have to do it with your mom there or they won't talk to you. And you can ask the question, what happens if mom dies? In some cases, uh, based on the contract, they automatically send all of the money out and boom, you got to pay the taxes. In other cases, they allow for what's called this extended, um, it's basically extended retirement is what it is, so that you then are required to take money out just like you would with a traditional IRA based on your lifespan. But it's non-qualifying money, so... Right. Yeah, but, but it's an annuity, and it's a weird beast, and um, and that's a, I've had some experience with that where we have non-qualified annuities where we, it, we it's called a stretch. So you either have that ability to do a stretch or you don't. If you so don't... I'm sorry, it's controlled by the contract. Exactly, exactly. The, her annuity contract, if it allows it to transfer... Could it transfer? The problem is it's grown quite quite a bit, and we don't want to incur the tax liability because we don't need the money at this time. But is there? I assume that you would probably have to go into a new annuity with new surrender fees and so forth. Yes, possibly. And so here again, you, you're going to have to talk to each company. If she had, if she had three annuities, they may all be different. And so you have to talk to each company to find out what can we do, what will happen when something happens to mom. And like I say, in some cases, they're just going to say, well, here's your money and you got to pay the taxes uh, because it's never been taxed. If they allow it to to be transferred to another annuity, can you do what I guess would be a quasi-1035 transfer? Well, sort of. But let me let me also caution you because I've done this. I did it for my daughter where it was it's a mess and it's very difficult. And in order to move it to another company, you have a whole list of things you have to comply with. They have to track cost basis, everything, because when those distributions start to happen, which they have to happen, part of that will be the initial cost and part of that will be taxable gain. And it's going to be taxed at the income tax level. At her death, if we accept the the income or accept the lump sum, then we would have to pay the taxes on her growth. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, it's, it's as clear as mud. <laughs> I know. That's what annuities are. Clear as mud. And like I say, it's every single one is a separate, different contract. Be careful. Okay, thank you so much. 
All right, Frank, uh, thanks for the call. Just got about 30 seconds left. Let's uh, review our list of 10 common filing mistakes to worry about during tax season. Uh, Number one was paying for tax preparation when you can get it for free. Number two, getting your Social Security number wrong. Number three is spelling your name wrong. Number four, math errors. Number five, forgetting to sign your return or the check if you owe money. Uh, Number six, using the wrong tax form. Number seven, selecting the wrong filing status. Number eight, missing out on deductions or credits. Number nine, failing to claim all of your income. And number 10, sending your return through the mail. They are advising that you use uh, electronic filing to speed up things. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. One way to hear today's show or previous show is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Our show is produced by Sam Wells, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. For Nancy Lotter-Janerson and Chris Burford, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. In Legal Terms is up next, and that's followed at 11 by Relatively Speaking. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.